You are listening to the Lima Community Church Podcast. The following was recorded at Lima Community Church of the Nazarene in Lima, Ohio. Praise God. This is the time to rejoice. And um, my wife and I, Rachel, we, we just left on Friday, like at 3 p.m. We, we left by car from Boston because we were having district assemblies there in the New England district, and uh, we have been driving for the last eternity. And uh, <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a great drive. We, we overnighted in Buffalo, New York, and then yesterday we stopped by Cleveland to meet a, a pastor, friend of ours from Lebanon, who is now ministering there in, in, in Cleveland. And then we drove, and it was, I told my wife, it's good to be back in Ohio. Um, I went to school in Cincinnati, at the University of Cincinnati, so um, I was a little bit disappointed to see too many O's by the road and very few C's. <laughs> but what are we going to do? Um, at least we made it to the final four kind of a deal. But, <laughs> but it was good to be back in Ohio. It was good to be back and, and to see to see this this state that welcomed us. In fact, our youngest daughter is a is a Buckeye, and she reminds us all the time she's a Buckeye because she was born in Cincinnati, and uh, and my oldest daughter, our oldest daughter, she graduated from Mount Vernon, and yes, she did. In fact, um, knowing that I'm a a, a Bearcat. If, oh, the first Christmas that she came back home, we were missionaries in Germany, and I was leading the regional of the region of Eurasia, therefore the Church of Nazarene. And knowing how much I lo- I love the Bearcats, my Christmas present was a nice Ohio State shirt. <laughs> it's good to be back in Ohio. The word of God for us today is in Isaiah 49, verse 13 and on. This is the Lord speaking to his people, but starts with an interesting request. Shout for joy, you heavens. Rejoice, you earth. Burst into song, you mountains, for the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Responds the Lord, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you in the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. Now this is interesting because the Lord is is telling the, the lesser creation. I mean, he created everything. Amen? I mean, he created everything. But the creator of everything, he starts by asking the lesser creation, basically mountains and heavens. He created heavens and earth. But he's telling them, hey, heavens, hey, earth, rejoice, be happy, clap or do whatever you guys do. Because, because I am God who always cares for my supreme creation. He's talking about us. He's saying mountains, 
heavens, earth, rejoice, get happy, get happy because this, this creation of mine, I have compassion, mercy, I love the greater creation. Why am I saying that there is a lesser creation and a greater creation? Because everything he created and he said it was good. But when he created you and I, when he created humanity, when he created man and woman, he said, it is very good. Why did he say that? Because we were created to his own image and likeness. Nothing else, no matter what people say, no matter what, what, what others challenge, nothing, nothing else was created to the image of God. You and I were. Amen? I mean, this is, this is amazing that you and I were created to the image of God. So now, God is telling the, 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 the creation, he's saying, listen, you got to worship me. You got to rejoice because I do have an incredible, incredible care and mercy and love and compassion for the afflicted ones, because the Lord comforts his people, because I am with my people. And by the way, this is another commercial. I didn't say this in the first sermon, but it just slipped. But the reality is that sometimes God tells the stones, remember what uh, the Lord said when he was walking into Jerusalem, and everybody was praising him. And they said, well, tell him to be quiet. And he said, well, listen, if people get quiet, the rocks will worship me. So God is saying, God is saying, hey, guys, mountains, heavens, you know how to be thankful. In fact, have you noticed how thankful nature is? I mean, a little bit of rain and it blossoms. It's amazing. The birds, as soon as there is some sunshine, they are just all over the place. Nature is very, very grateful. As soon as they see the, the glory, the presence, the power of God, nature just responds with gratitude. But we humans, we have been created with this thing that co it's called reason. We can reason. Well, praise God that we can reason. Amen. I mean, we can reason. We can feel. And God is saying, well, you heavens, you earth, you nature, you creation, rejoice because I have compassion of my supreme creation. But the supreme creation, he, God knows that he created us. He, he created us with emotions and with reasoning. Praise God for that. And he knows that somehow deep inside of us, there is an, one of those Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh in us. There is always this, this that in, we could be doing well, but there's always like, Eeyore. or we could do, be doing really bad and we could just, Eeyore. I mean, it's just part of us. We have this, this, this thing in us that even though there are times that we are okay, we're not okay. And there are times that we're really, really, really bad in, 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 in situations of loneliness and despair. That's when we just became, we become, we get our doctorate in Eeyore. Mm. 
And God says, listen, it's okay for you to feel that way. But now Zion responds and he said, why should I be happy? Why should I rejoice if, and you fill the blank. What, why should I rejoice if we have been forsaken, forgotten, abandoned? You know, I was, uh, we were driving and, and I was telling my wife after we left uh, Cincinnati to go to the mission field, we, we came to study at the university and then the Lord just took care of me and us and called us to the mission field and we left missionaries to, from Cincinnati. 30 years ago this year. And in 30 years, all that I studied about cities and that I studied about development of communities, in 30 years, a lot of the Ohio that I knew, a lot of things have flown out of this state. The wealth has left. Some of the industries have left. And, and some of our populations are in decline and some of the downtowns are, don't look the way they used to look 50 years ago. So as humans, somehow we have a way to, do we have, do we have the right, we think, to say, well, well, I think we have been forgotten. If we learn anything about the, 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 the situation of the pandemic is that a lot of people were felt lonely and forgotten. And the Lord says, rejoice, rejoice, for I have mercy, I have compassion, I care for my people, especially the afflicted ones. Rejoice. Of course, uh, we humans say, well, how can I rejoice if? I, I, I could say I have reasons to, to complain and during the pandemic, we, we were in isolation. We were whatever. I, I, I lost two siblings, a brother and a sister, to COVID in the last two years. And I could say, but Lord, how can I rejoice if, look, and you have your list. Because we're humans, and we have feelings, and we have emotions, and, and, and we, we can compare, and, and, and we could look at everything in context and say, but how could I? The Lord has forgotten me and the Lord says listen and whatever you remember of this of this message this morning's message I, I want you to remember this which I want to say now no matter how you feel and no matter what you think God will never forget you I want you to remember this no matter the circumstances, it doesn't matter if you feel that he's with you or not, he's with you. It doesn't matter if you rationalize that God loves you or not, it doesn't matter. He will never forget you. You may even forget what I said, but he will never forget you. So Zion has made, has pleaded the case, just like any of us could plead a case. And he said, God, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. And the Lord says, listen, listen, listen. I will never forget you, and I'm going to prove this to you. I'm going to prove this to you. Well, 
I have discovered that in every setting, in every culture, in every society, there, there are three types of people when it comes to a promise. Three types. There are those that when, when something like this, when, when the command or the request or the plea to rejoice because the Lord has never forgotten us, we will say, Amen. I'll do it. We call it the radical optimists. So by now, one third of you, because if you are humans, you, you meet, you, you meet the, the, the standards, the statistics. One third of you are already, yes, praise God. He will never forget me. Praise God. And of course, you're already saying that, uh, except that we are in Ohio, and I know how you react with, with excitement. I know how excitement looks like in Ohio. I lived here for several years. Unless, unless Ohio State is winning the national championship. They're, ah, yeah, but that's a different story. That's just too radical. But one third of you, one third of you are already, yes, the Lord will never forget me. Yes. Or raise your hand if you believe that. Okay, but we believe that. So you're part of the third already. But there, two-thirds of us are still not too convinced. I mean, this is just another Sunday sermon. So the Lord says, I'm going to prove to you. I'm going to prove to you that I will never forget you. And to prove this to you, he says, I'm going to make this statistical comparison. I'm going to prove to you, the Lord says, that my love is deeper and is more perfect than the best, the most sublime human love. And then he goes, he goes on to say, well, listen, if though, for those of you who celebrate, uh, what is it, Valentine's? Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, that's not the most sublime love there is. I mean, yeah, I love my, my wife. We have been married for 36, now she reminded me, 36 years at the break. 36 years we have been married. And uh, we love each other. In fact, we were, we were testifying at the break that n not only do we love each other, we travel 210 days of the year together and stay in hotels. So we love each other and we like each other. But even that love, statistically, did you know that nearly half, nearly half of marriages in America, in, the, in this century, nearly half of them end in either separation or divorce. So that's not the most sublime love. I mean, we, we spend a lot of money on Valentine's, that's a different story. But, but that's not the most sublime love, unfortunately. So the Lord says, well, that's the statistics. If I would say, my love is just, is just as supreme as, this, as the one between husband and wife. Well, I'm going to look for another one, says God. How about the love of a father? Well, unfortunately, the statistics of the love of a father are a little bit better, but not as good as the phileo's love. The Valentine Day, Valentine's Day love. The statistics in America alone tells us that one out of four children, one out of four, over 20% of, 
of children are fatherless in America. One out of four. We guys, we do not have a good track record. And this is a bad sermon to preach this Sunday before Father's Day. Somebody asked me, a kid asked me, is Father's Day and Mother's Day the same thing? And I said, yeah, it's the same thing, except that Mother's Day is more expensive. <laughs> this is a bad sermon for a, for, for a Sunday before Father's Day because the reality is that we fathers, we do not have the best track record, at least considering the statistics. Hopefully our churches are better, but the reality is that in society, we cannot say that the love of a father of an earthly father is really exemplary because one out of four children are fatherless. So the Lord is looking for a, a deeper comparison point. And then he says, okay, this is by my own design. By my own design, God says, the deepest Expression of human love is the love of a mother, mother to a child. Wouldn't you agree? Well, you don't seem to agree. <laughs> well, I do believe that. Do you want to see? Do you want to see a, 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 a the, the most the, the most calm woman become a tiger? Touch her kids. The Lord is saying, listen. I want to prove to you that I will never forget you. And to prove this to you, I want to tell you that my love is deeper than the deepest expression of human love. And the deepest expression of human love is that of a mother. Can a woman, can a mother forget the child that she bore for nine months? I mean, for nine months, since conception... She loved that life because we know that life begins at conception. And she starts developing this love. Now, dad, you know, dad goes and goes to the doctor. And now there's this therapy to develop empathy, empathy for mom. So now they go, dad goes and they tell him, well, just get a couple of sacks of rice and put them around your, your belly and walk with her for nine months. That's only 20% of empathy, guys. There's a lot going on there that develops this, this bonding relationship between mother and child that goes nine months even before the child comes to celebrate society. But that child is already alive and, and building a bonding relationship with the mother and there's this love and, and the Lord is saying, would a mother... Forget a child that she had in her womb? Would a mother forget a child that, that, that she breastfed? Would a mother forget a child that is part of her own? The statistics tell us that less than 1% of children in America are truly motherless. You see the comparison? And God is saying, my love is deeper than the, than the love of a mother. I, I didn't know the, the impact of this truth. I'm, I'm preaching a sermon, this sermon at an ordination in, in Patagonia, Argentina, several years ago. 
And this is not a scripture for ordination, but as I was preparing the night before, the Lord said, you need, you need to let my people, because it's Patagonia, it's all the way in the south, it's really a forgotten place way in the south, to tell them that I will not forget them, that I have never forgotten them, and I do not forget them. So I, pre I preached the sermon, and as I'm preaching the sermon, one of the ordinance, this lady, she's weeping. She's weeping, and then the district superintendent comes to me after the ordination, and he said, how do you know? How do you know what? I said. Well, only the ordinant and her mother and I know that her mother abandoned her at, her doors, at our doorstep in our church when she was a baby. We adopted her. I was ordaining the district superintendent's daughter. Nobody knew that. Nobody knew that, but this lady, she was weeping as I was preaching this sermon, and, and she was basically saying, the district superintendent said to me, her entire life, this woman had this, had this anguish of feeling rejected and forgotten because, because she was part of the, of, the, of the smallest statistics being abandoned by her own mother. And now she came at ordination, at the most sacred moment in her life, the Lord reminded her through you, wow, that she has never been forgotten. So you may have been forgotten by your spouse. The statistics are not too good. Chances are that you may have. You may have been forgotten by dad. Statistics are better, but they're still not good. You may even have been, may have been forgotten by mom. And the Lord is saying, even, even if mom, whose chances of forgetting a baby are very slim, even if she does, I will not forget you. Amen. And the next, 30, the next third in this congregation said, oh, I get it now. So now we have two-thirds, but we are humans, and I'm part of the third-third, to be honest with you, because I like, I like to be convinced and convinced and convinced. So the Lord said, yeah, I know. So let me, let me try to convince you beyond statistics. Let me try to convince you beyond, beyond a societal comparison, the, the most sublime love versus my love. Let me try to convince you be, beyond the fact that my percentage of faithfulness is 100%. I am perfect in my love for you. So I'm going to try to persuade it to you in a different way. For the, the, the final one-third. The third that will like more evidence. This is what the Lord says. Okay. Since this is a comparison, now I'm going to give you a proof. Verse 16, he says, See... This is how much I love you. This is how much I'm willing to prove to you that I will never forget you. He says, see, I have engraved your name in my hand. Wow. Now, I don't know what, do you, what opinion do you have about the twos. I don't want to go there. Um, 
I don't, I don't want, I, I don't want to, I don't want to hear your opinion about piercings because you know we, it, I, I, that could get ugly pretty quickly. And in fact, I was driving coming here, and there are many, many piercing and tattooing places here, uh, a lot of them. So, uh, but this is what this is what the Lord is saying. Listen, I'm going to prove to you that I will never forget you. I'm going to get a piercing in my hand, and I'm going to tattoo your name in it. In fact, he did. For one day, the incarnate God, God the creator of everything, he became flesh. And he became flesh and then he went to Calvary. And at Calvary, he got his hands pierced. And your name was engraved in his hand. For the moment he got his hands pierced, your name was written in the book of life. All you have to do is to claim it. Praise be to God. The Lord is saying, listen, do you want to know how much I love you? Do you know how much I'm willing to, how much I'm, I'm willing to do so that you know that I will not forget you? Look at me. I have pierced my hands. I have tattooed my hands with your name. That's why the disciples in John chapter 20, when he resurrected and they were all sad and, and, all, and all depressed and all lonely. And then, and then the scripture says that he appeared to them and he said, peace be to you. And then he showed them his hands and they were full of joy. For every time, every time you know, every time you realize that the creator of the universe, the God of heaven and earth, the almighty God, the one that knows everything, has known everything, and will know everything. He took the time, he took the time to write your name in his hand. Praise be to God. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves me. I got to understand in this one Christmas about two, three years ago, we were, we were shopping at Kohl's with my wife. Um, she loves the store because of the, of, of the merchandise, and I love it because of the coupons. <laughs> so we went to Kohl's, and uh, we're standing in line, and, and um, I noticed that the lady is just, the, 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 there was this very, very uh, classy, retired lady. I could see that she was retired and, and, but she looked very classy, very well groomed and, and uh, almost this, this perfect 70 year old woman who was there at the cashiers and, and, I, was, I, I, and I was just looking and, and as she was ringing the merchandise, you know, there was all the noises and my wallet was shaking every time she did that. <laughs> and I noticed that she was doing and, and then I started looking at her arm you know, like a good guy, you know, we guys cannot, we're really, we're just not good at just pretending. So I'm just looking at her arm that goes and, and my wife, you know, she said, hey, be discreet, man. Kind of a deal. She just gave me the look. And, and so once I got caught, you know, my wife said, what are you looking at? And, and I'm like, like this, looking at her arm. You know, as a good guy, I, went, I just went like, Ugh. Uh, and I said, a nice tattoo. That's all I could say. 
See, what happened was that I was looking at this, this lady who was very elegant and, and very well-groomed and everything, but what called my attention was the tattoo that she had on her arm. And then every time she went with the merchandise, I just looked at the tattoo, trying to read the content. <laughs> and this is what the lady said when I, when I went just kind of silly, very silly. I said, nice tattoo. She said, I'm glad you noticed. She said, see, this year, my grandson, Zach, he died of sudden infant death. As we were at the funeral, I looked at my baby, Zach, my little grandson, and I promised him, and I said, Zach, I will never forget you. I kissed the casket, and as we, everything was closed, then it dawned on me that I'm getting to that age in which we forget things. In fact, there, there's going to be a time in my life, she said, that, that I would forget even what I had for breakfast. And how I'm going to keep my promise to Zach. So as nicely dressed as I was, I went from the funeral home, I went to a tattoo parlor. And I went and I told, I mean, I got to this place. She said, everybody look weird. And I look weird. And I sat there and I asked him to tattoo the name of Zach on my arm. Because I wanted to always remember him. That's what Jesus did. He went to the cross. For you who were dead so that you could have life and then he got it too <laughs> I was reminded of this truth several years ago before I was elected to this office we were missionaries in in Europe I was the regional director for the church there and I'd been serving for seven years and was about to burn out was ready for a sabbatical glad you're having one I'm having mine in August so you give me the baton and it'll be awesome but at that time I was at, I was at the verge of burnout and only my wife and I knew that only my wife and I knew that because you know see we 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 have been taught that we are supposed to to show as if you have everything put together that you're not supposed to show vulnerabilities. And, and so, but I was being eaten up from the inside. We were coming to America from Switzerland to visit our daughter who was living in New York. As we were getting in the airplane there in Zurich, I got a text from a layman, listen, from a layman from India, in an obscure place in India. And he sends me this text, and he, it says, Dr. Crocker, I want you to know that as I was doing my devotions today, the Lord told me, please send a note to my son, Gustavo, to remind him that I will never forget him. I opened it. I'm in an airplane, and I started weeping. It's okay for men to weep. We got in the plane, and I, th I said, thank you, Lord. You know where I'm at. 
We flew for about seven hours and we landed in Washington, D.C. And as the plane landed, I did what, you know, every busy person does. I opened my phone to see what was the latest and everything. And there was a text. It was a text from Dr. Danny Gales. Danny Gales is is a retired district superintendent. This morning, Danny sent me, this morning, he sent me an email with the prayer reminders for the Board of General Superintendents. That day, Danny sent me a text. And the text said, hey, Brother Gustavo, this morning as I was doing my prayer, my, my, my prayer walk, the Lord said to me, send a note to Gustavo just to remind him that I will not forget him. Now I was really weeping. As soon as we got to the hotel, I got a piece of paper. One of those pieces of paper, and I grabbed a pen, and I, I, I went on the desk, and I basically took, like, I remember when I was in, in elementary school, and I grabbed the pen, and I drew, I drew the border of my hand on the piece of paper. I grabbed it, and then I wrote my name in the middle. I tattooed there my name. And every time, every time I feel that things are Difficult. Every time I feel like Zion to say, oh, I have been forsaken. I have been forgotten. I remember my God, my creator, the everything is thinking about this nothing. And has tattooed his, my name in his hand. Praise be to God. But I'm not that more special than you are. You and I are so loved that even even if the world has failed us, even if our spouse has failed us, even if our parents have failed us, our bosses, our leaders, God is telling you, I will not forget you. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. This is a moment in which if you just want to tell the Lord thank you. This is not a time for you to say I receive Christ. This is not a time for you to say I, I, I want to be sanctified. This is just a time for you, for you to, to be better than the mountains and the heavens. This is a time for you to rejoice. And if you want to do it as we sing this song, just close your eyes. And as you are singing that song, if you want to just lift your arms, get up from where you are and lift your arms and tell the Lord, thank you. Here are my hands, joining hands with the pierced hands of my Lord. I have a maker. Praise God. He formed my heart Amen Tell him Tell him Get up where you are Get up where you are Raise your hands Raise your arms There where you are Tell him Thank you Thank you Lord He knows you He knows you by name He knows my name By name He knows your name And he knows where you're walking Your journey He knows it He knows my everything and at the cross he sees each tear that falls and he praise be to God me when I call. praise God listen to this I have a father 
cost me his own He'll never leave me No matter where I go He knows my name Even though I may walk through the valley of shadow or death, of loneliness, of depression, of anxiety, of deceit, I will fear nothing, for you are with me. Thank you, Lord. I bless your church. Bless every person here. You know, you know everybody's name. You know where we're at. Thanks for meeting us. Thank you for meeting us exactly where we need you. For you are our God and we are your people. Amen. He knows my name. Stand with us. Can we sing this chorus together? He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call. Praise the Lord. Amen. Do you know who can uh, who can talk to a lay person in the bush in India? and to a district superintendent in the mountains of Canada and tell them to do the same thing? The spirit of the living God, that's who. This week, maybe you need to grab a piece of paper and just trace your hand, you know? Write your name in the middle of that hand and recognize and remember, stick it on your fridge, fold it in your Bible. And remember that the God who created the entire universe for millennia, (laughs) for all history, has never forgotten a name. Thanks be to God. God bless you as you go. Thanks for being here today. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. For more information about our church, visit limacommunitychurch.com.